0: so good at being in the house of God. How's everybody doing? You doing good? It's so good to see you. Hey, you may have a seat for just a moment. Hey, first of all, let me give all glory to God who woke me up this morning, put me in my right mind and allowed me to be married to my beautiful wife. And we greet you. And uh, I'm just so grateful for our pastors, the pastors of this church, Pastors Daniel and Tammy Floyd. I'm grateful for them because in a time like this, they're willing to speak up and risk it all to put their reputation on the line to speak for me. And I'm grateful for you, Pastor Daniel. I'm grateful for you, Pastor Tammy. There's not a lot of people like you in this world. And I honor you. We honor you and we love you very, very much. We love you very much. And I also just wanna honor the people of this church, especially those who serve the house so faithfully and sow into the house so faithfully. I was just uh, taken back, looking at the cooler Project, and hearing how the the generous people of this church are making a difference in in the area of King George. We're feeding the whole county, y'all. We're feeding the whole county because you gave, because you sowed, because you took the seed that got put into your life, and you sowed it back into the house of God. I just want to encourage you. It's making a difference. And we can do more together than we could ever do apart. And let me encourage you in this season just to not to to grow weary in doing good, especially in the way that you bring your tithes and your offering to the house of God. It's making a difference. And I just want to encourage you to continue to give. And there's so many ways that you can give. You can do it online, lightpoint.org forward slash give. You can text Fully Alive to 77977. And you can also give on the app, but just know this, that, that uh, God loves a cheerful giver. And, and in this season, I wanna encourage you not to give begrudgingly or out of some kind of duty, but out of the joy that God will take our small investment and maximize it for a great return, amen? Amen, amen. amen. I wanna read the Word of God to you and I wanna preach out of the book of Joshua, chapter one. The Bible says this, after the death of Moses, the servant of the lord the lord said to joshua son of nun moses his aid moses my servant is dead now then you and all these people get ready to cross the jordan river into the land i'm about to give you give to them to the israelites i will give you every place where you set your foot as i promised moses your territory will extend from the desert to lebanon from the great river the euphrates all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it from the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be successful. I have not commanded you. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God, we love you. And we pray that you would bless your words today, Jesus. God, I pray that you would remind each of us that you are with us wherever we go. God, I pray that you would give us the same charge as Joshua, that there's great things in our future, that you have a plan for us. And I pray that by the reading and this preaching of your word today, that you would cause us to step with confidence into what's next for us. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Everybody doing good? All right, so good. Hey, this a little bit about me, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet. Uh, my name is Birch, and I serve in the worship department here at LifePoint, and I've been a part of this family for nine years um, this, this fall, and it's, a, it's just such a blast and a blessing to be part of this church. My wife and I have three uh, young men of God that we're raising in our home, Jeremiah, Zion, and Levi, and um, we're, we're just trying to make sure that they can keep um, just these sweet spirits about them, and um, they're just these beautiful boys that we love. And, and if anyone you know my wife, you know that my wife is a planner, and I'm not. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a spur of the moment kind of person. Uh, it, I'm a, it won't cost that much kind of person. I'm a, hey, what if, why not? And uh, we, I think we make a, a really great uh, a mix together. There's a lot of, uh, you know, excitement and fun and a lot of reality. And so I'm not really a planner, but I do love it when, some, when things go according to plan. Anybody hate things when they don't go according to plan? when you kind of set a plan and, and it kind of just breaks down, kind of like work, you know, you, you plan to get up early and you plan to commute in, and you plan to get that right parking space. And for some reason, 90, 95 is congested and everybody's parking at the front and there's no coffee left in the cooler. It's like my plan for my day didn't quite look like this. I don't like it when things don't go according to plan. You know, it's your weekend, you know, you wanna get two days together where you can get a good cut on the lawn, right, anybody? You you wanna start early so you can grill out later, and then you can get a couple of projects done, but also put your feet up and relax. But then you wake up, you try to wake up early, and then your kids wake up before you, and then it's 6.30 in the morning, and there's a three-year-old staring at you and breathing, waiting for you to open your eyes, pulling your eyelids open. And when you thought you were gonna get started on your day early, that plan has changed, you know, or, or your vacation, you know, um, or as we like to call it when we bring our kids, a family trip. <laughs> you wanted it to be relaxing. You wanted it to be restful, uh, but it was hot and sweaty, and you came back tired, more tired than you were when you left. Don't like when things go according, uh, don't go according to plan. You know, this whole season has messed a lot of plans up for us, you know, and um, I know it makes us feel a lot of different ways. And I was just thinking about like, what, what are the what are the things that makes us feel? You know, I th- I think it makes us feel a little bit frazzled. You know, when when plans change, you know, you uh, what's next for me? Where I'm kind of in a little bit of a limbo right now. Where do I where am I going? Uh, I feel a little bit frazzled. I, I get very frustrated. And if you're like me, I, I, when things change on me the last minute, I can get very, very frustrated. And uh, why now? God, why now? Why in this spring, with this change on me, I was, I was feeling great. I was feeling like I was in a, in a good rhythm at work and I was getting in good shape and you closed, the gyms are closed now. And why now? I feel very frustrated. This is the worst timing. You know, you feel, you feel forced. Things feel forced on you. You know, so, you know, you feel forced into isolation. Uh, you, you feel f- forced to hang out with the same few people every day. <laughs> don't, don't, don't laugh too loud if they're sitting next to you. Uh, m- maybe some of you were here today and you were forced into an online graduation. You know, you, you did all this work in, in, in throughout grade school and now you, you have to kind of sit on the other side of a computer to receive your diploma. What's up with that? You know, you feel forced into it. You know, maybe you're getting ready to graduate from college in this season, and you're forced to stand outside of your car or drive past somebody, and it doesn't feel fair that that happened to you, because you feel forced in something that you couldn't control. You know, some of you, you feel like you're forced into retirement, and it wasn't, you weren't ready to, to hang it up, and you weren't ready to move on into that part of your life, but for, because you couldn't go back to work, this was the decision that was made for you. We feel, we feel a lot of things, but I think one of the things we feel most of all is we feel a little bit of fear. We feel a little bit of fear. In this season, you, 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 can I go outside? I mean, can I be around people? You're walking into the grocery store with your gloves on and your mask on, and you're walking around the corner not sure if the next person I see is gonna be the one that ends it all for me. <laughs> it's like, where, where can I go? What can I do? You feel a little bit afraid. And, and I think about Joshua when I think about fear, you know. And in the context of Joshua 1, to understand, you got to think about what came right before that. and At the, at the end of Deuteronomy, the, the very last chapter, Moses, who's the leader of the people of Israel, dies. And Joshua, being his aide, one of his closest friends, mourns with the nation for 30 days. And he's not just afraid because he lost it all, but also because right before Moses died, he was prayed on and he was anointed to be the next leader. And it all seemed well and good while Moses was around, but now I'm, I'm the one that the people are looking into. God's telling Moses there's, there's been a change of plans. There's been a change of plans. It's over seven times in the first nine verses of Joshua 1. God has to tell Joshua to not be afraid. I'm with you. He has to affirm him because he feels the fear. Right in verse two, God says to him, Moses, my servant is dead. Do you feel the the lump in his throat? The the pit in his stomach? Why does Joshua feel fear? I think there's a lot of reasons why. I think because the weight of leadership now falls on him. You know, uh, it used to be that I had months to criticize every decision made. Now i got moments to make it. You know, you know. It, it, it used to be that I was a number two and I was good with that. It used to be that I was the vice president, but now I'm the person in charge. That's why it's important to pray for your leaders every day because you might be one one day. He feels the weight of leadership on top of him. You know, I'm just, I I wonder if Joshua was like me, that uh, before he was in charge, he would say, if I was in charge, here's all the things that I would change about this place. First things first, Israelites line up over here, but now Joshua's in charge, so the weight is on him. And, and, and I can imagine what Joshua was saying, like, how can I do this now? How, how can I be the person in charge? And, and maybe you're, you're experiencing a season like that in your life where you're stepped into a new promotion or a new position, and you say, how can I do this? Here's what I know, is that if God calls you to it, he also gives you a grace for it. He gives you a grace for it. You know, I, th- I think about almost nine years ago when I was the funcle, you know, the fun uncle, and I was perfectly fine with hanging out with my nephews, taking them places, and dropping them right back off to their mama. But, you know, nine, almost nine years ago, my wife and I had our first son, and I'll never forget coming home that first night, or oh, maybe one of those first nights, and holding him, and, and just thanking God that he made me a dad, but also wondering, well, how am I going to do this? And it might have been my shift to watch the child, and, and I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me, and I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking to myself, nurse! Nurse! Come change this diaper, nurse! But God gave me a grace for it. And I say to you, he, gi- he will give you a grace for what's ahead of you. He won't call you to it unless he-, he meant it for you. And so he will give you a grace for the thing that seems like you can't do. I also think he felt fear because He was pursuing a vision that was bigger than himself. Have you ever looked at your calendar for the week and said, whew, this is going to be a busy one? (laughs) It's like Monday, board meeting. Tuesday, I got three individual appointments before lunch. Wednesday's pretty open. Thursday, take the promised land. (laughs) All right, let's get it Thursday. (laughs) I'm talking about big vision. Something that's bigger than yourself. And now here's the thing, here's how you can know that you've got big vision. Is that the thing that maybe you're called to or you feel God is leading you into, will it change your life or will it change the lives of others? That's how you can know that you've got something big. That's how you can know your dream is big. And listen, when you've got that kind of responsibility on your plate, when you talk about other people's and other families' lives that you're responsible for, it puts weight on you. And it can make you feel a little bit afraid. I think that's how Joshua felt. I also think that Joshua was was realizing in that moment that he's in the most critical time of his life without the most critical relationship in his life. He's stepping into the best job that he's always dreamed about. He's the leader. And Moses, his mentor, his spiritual father, the one who was there when they left Egypt together, is gone. Who would he call to ask questions? Who would be the person that he'd take notes from? When he he blew it, the person that he would think to reach out to is not there anymore. And I think about some of you today, You're in a place in your life where you never thought you would be here and it would be like this. That you'd be raising a family of your own and you'd be doing it without dad. Or or that you would have everything that you would have thought that you wanted in life. You've got a thriving relationship with Jesus and you've got a job that's amazing, but you're still single. You would have never thought it would have been like this. And sometimes that puts fear inside of us. And we mourn, we mourn, just like Joshua. For 30 days, he mourned, because we never thought it would be this way. You know, fear also could cause you to freeze. It can cause you to hesitate, stepping into your destiny. But this is what I love what God said to Joshua in verse two. Says, Moses, my servant is dead. And you gotta take that in. Now then, you and all these people, Get ready. Get ready. Get ready? You mean God is still going to do something with this? You know, even though I'm afraid, you still have a plan for me, God? Listen, I know you could be hurting in this season. You could be lonely. You could be frustrated. But don't let the mourning of what was stop your pursuit of what could be. Even when you think you're not enough. God has a plan. Uh, you got you to be careful when God says get ready to you because you could feel like you're down and out, but get ready. God is about to pick you up. You could feel like you're afraid, but get ready. God gives you courage. You could feel like you've been forgotten, but get ready. God has given you a new name. You could feel like you've been hurting and struggling, but get ready. Weeping may endure for a night. But get ready, because joy comes in the morning. You might think that what you've been going through, the enemy has meant it for evil, but get ready. God's gonna turn it for good. Get ready. I dare somebody say, "Get get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready for God to move. Get, get ready for God to heal. Get ready for God to bring a deliverance. Get ready to see a miracle. Get ready for a breakthrough. Get ready for a new thing. Get ready for a new thing. He is doing a new thing in you, so get ready. Get ready. I love, I love it. God says to Joshua, and he says it to you, just as I was with Moses, so am I with you, thus saith the Lord, just like I was powerful before so I am now. Just like I answered your prayer before, so will will I again. And if he did it before, he can do it again. We believe that. Listen, he was with you in 2019, and you might feel like you've been walking through speed bumps all through this year, but 2020 is still your inheritance. Your destiny is still in the waiting. Get ready. Get ready. now. How do we get ready? How do we get ready? I believe the Bible shows us in this first chapter of Joshua how to get ready. And I think the first thing that we need to do as we get ready, and in honor of this new series, Summer Revival, we need to do this first. We need to revive the Word. We need to revive the Word. I'm talking about the Bible, y'all, talking about the Bible. Revive the Word. Joshua 1, 7 says, Above all, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to observe the law of my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it from the left or the right, so that you may prosper wherever you go. We are in a time where we need more than conventional man's wisdom. We need a dependable source. Listen, I, I, there's a lot of great self-help out there, but we need some God help in this season of our life. We need... A, we need a steady anchor in a stormy season. And that, my friends, is the Word of God. You know, I, uh, I keep this Bible on my nightstand and I also have this little journal next to my Bible that says, uh, do one thing every day that inspires you. And if you know the Enneagram, that's just a true sevens book and I am a seven. So do one thing every day that inspires you. And so you have to like, draw a picture or something like that, uh, which is another seventh thing to do. And I, I, and I like to wake up in the morning, and I open up this Word, and I've been reading through the Proverbs, and I, I open up my Bible, and I read, and, and then I pray, and I get into my day. But as I was uh, a couple of weeks ago, I realized I was, I was wanted to remember the Scripture verse, and so I opened up my phone and opened up the, the Bible app, and I'm searching for the Bible app all over my phone. I'm like, where is this thing? and I realized that my phone has deleted my Bible app <laughs> because I hadn't used it. And now, I'm not gonna, be, I'm not gonna tell you guys that I'm, I'm like every morning, every hour of the day reading my Bible, but I just hadn't been reading on my phone in this last quarantine season because I'm always on my phone and I was so tired of being on my phone. But it made me think, for how many of us has this word that we have grown to love and depend on become absent in our lives. And, and this is the thing that I, as a pastor in this church, I, I am concerned for, is that be, because of this quarantine season and our inability to be in a building together, that has somehow impeded our ability to get into God's Word. Listen, I do, not, I do not want that for you. You need this Word more than on Sunday. You need it on Monday, and you need it on Tuesday. You need it all week. You need Him. There used to be this old song that we would sing back in the day that was, I need Thee. Oh. I'm not, post- I'm not leading worship today. I need Thee. Come on, why don't you all sing with me if you know it. Every hour I need Thee, oh bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. One more time. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour. They do the, the little run up like that. I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. Man, you sound good, church. You sound good. We need the word. We need his word in every moment. We need it. We need it. Revive the word in your life. I would also encourage you to revive the word that God has spoken to you. Maybe better said the promise. Maybe there's a promise that he has spoken to you about your healing, about your freedom, about your deliverance. And for whatever reason, you've allowed that thing to take the back burner. So let me encourage you, don't let the thing that God put in your heart be put on the shelf in this season. Revive that word inside of you, because if you've got a promise, you need to hold on to it. Here's my promise that I'm feasting on right now. It's Psalms 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious ointment that drips from the head down the beard even Birch's beard, it says Aaron's beard, but off the beard, it's like the dew that comes off of Zion, for the Lord there commands a blessing. Even life evermore. That's my promise. That we would dwell in unity, and I'm feasting off it right now. Every conversation, every moment, God's reviving the word in me that we will have unity. We will experience unity in our church and in our city. Somebody say, get ready. Get ready. I think the second thing you got to do to get ready is you got to revive your prayers. Revive your prayers. Joshua 1, verse 8 says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything in it. Here's my question: What sets on the front of your mind? Not the back of your mind, on the front of your mind. I mean the th- the thing that gets your attention the thing that pops up first, the thing that you're quickly to repeat, the thing that causes you to, to, to behave a certain way or move a certain way or say a certain thing, what, what sit on the front of your mind? I think that sometimes we bookend our days with confusion and distraction, and we, we're curious why we're so confused and so distracted. When, when people say to me, I try to sit down and pray, and I just don't know where to start, and I don't. I feel like I don't know what to do, and I, I get so distracted. It's like, well, I think there's a chance that you are beginning every day in allowing too many people to talk to you. You're letting your Instagram feed talk to you. You're letting the news talk to you. You're letting your email talk to you. And listen, all those things in and of themselves are not inherently evil, but if they are the thing that gets the crown of of affection and attention on your day, then they are very, very, very detrimental to you. So what gets the front of your mind? Because I think if, if we could begin to revive our prayers, we could experience prayers of power. Something we used to say around here is we believe in the power of prayer and the God who answers. I love that because prayer is a powerful, powerful instrument in the believer's arsenal. And here's the thing I know about God is that he wants to prove himself strong on your behalf. The, what does the Bible say? That the eyes of the Lord search to and fro, scanning the earth, looking for someone to prove himself strong on their behalf. He's looking to prove himself strong. He, he doesn't just, if you ask him, maybe he'll think about it. He's looking to prove himself strong. You see, I've got these three kids and they love to just yell from across the house to get my attention. I could be in the middle of a thousand different things. Dad, Dad, come here! And I run in the room, and I'm like, what's up? They're like, hey, look at this house I built. (laughs) Look at these Legos. I'm like, that's awesome, buddy, it's cool. Dad, Dad, look! They're on the trampoline. Look, look at my front flip! It's not really a front flip. I'm like, that's awesome, bro. I love it, man. You, dude. Dad, dad, look, come here. And I come right into the room. It's like, I beat this level on my video game. I'm like, okay, I get it. What I, what I don't want to show you in this is that my kids, you know, bug me. What I want you to see in this, what I want you to see in this is that when my children call my name, I show up. And here's what you need to know, that every time you call upon the name of the Lord, he shows up. He is a friend that's just closer than a brother. He will draw near to you. He is with you. He will never forsake you. He will not let you go. In Jesus' name. When he, you call, he shows up. I love that. When you call, he shows up. He's looking to prove himself stronger on your behalf. James 5 says that the earnest prayer of the righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. That's so good to know that I can pray something and mean it and get after it, and it's going to produce something. That means that I'm not wasting my time. That means I'm not praying a prayer on deaf ears, and I'm also not praying to a person who is unable to do something about my situation. There's two things I love about my God is that he is good and he is great. His goodness is his kindness, his mercy, his gentleness, his compassion, the fact that he cares about you. But his greatness is that he has the power to do something about it. You don't want one without the other because if you have goodness without, grace, without greatness, you have an impotent God who can only cry with you. But if you have greatness without goodness, you have someone who could be, who could be uh, 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 irresponsible with your life and do things that are, that are out of your control that you can't do anything about. But we've got the goodness and greatness in our God, and he loves you, and he wants to do great things on your behalf. Amen? Amen. 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 We've got we've to pray big prayers. We've got to pray we got to revive our prayer life. And in this season, I'm reminded what a revived prayer life can do in the world. You know, Dr. Martin Luther King says that darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. And I don't think it's, it's by just any chance that in the middle of what, was, what is the greatest prayer movement in human history, Unite 714, millions of believers across the world praying and seeking God, praying God, if, if we will humble ourselves, we will seek your face, will you heal our land? I don't think it's by any kind of, any kind of uh, circumstance that we're also experiencing the largest civil rights movement in the history of this world, that when the people of God prayed and received humble hearts, the hearts of men began to shift. Now we see white people and black people and everyone of every color standing together in unity. That's why I will believe that we will experience unity. We will experience freedom. We will experience equality in this world. It's because we will awaken our prayers. We will awaken our prayers. Revive your prayers today. Amen. Revive your prayers. And the last thing. You know, there's a lot of places I thought I could go with this last one. Because you know, the, the, the Bible says in, in Joshua that, like, he says, I will give you every place you set your foot. I love that. He says, he says uh, Your territory will expand. I'm, and I'm thinking, revive, okay, revive my word, revive the prayers, revive my swag. I thought that could be good. And we could, like, stomp and sweat on that one, right? Or, or uh, re- revive your confidence. I thought that could be great. Like you got, you need to put your head back, roll your shoulders, stick your chest out. God is for you, revive your And all those things are true because you need them all. But the very last verse that I'm gonna read to you reminded me what this is really about. What needs to be revived. Joshua chapter one, verse nine. Bible says, have I not commanded you Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I think if we're going to get ready for what God has for us, we need to revive our dependence. We need to revive our dependence. And listen, I, I understand there's, we're, There's people who want to have independence from certain situations and from your parents you want to move out. But there's got to be something in you that says, I'm going to depend on God. Yes, I will have my territory expand because he's going with me. Yes, I will. No, No one will stand against me because you've gone ahead of me. We need to depend on him because every victory belongs to Jesus and every battle belongs to the Lord. I will be with you, he says. It won't be by your power. It won't be by our mind. If we're going to get ready for what God has for us, we must awaken to the fact that we need him. And we need him and we need him and we need him. I think Joshua remembered the prayers that Moses prayed in Exodus. That if your presence, doesn't, your presence doesn't go with us, don't take us from here, God. If you're not going, I don't wanna go. I don't want it if you're not in it, oh God. Would that be our prayer? So wh- why don't we depend on God? I think sometimes it makes us feel like we're weak. But here's the thing you got to understand is that God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. And by the chance, if you feel weak, it makes you a prime candidate for God to move in your life. I think also we don't depend on God because we feel like we've been let down too much. It's hard to trust. I think God knows that. I think it's also, his word is also telling you that he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He won't leave you. He won't abandon you. He says, as you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. He's not a man that he should lie. But I think sometimes the other reason why we don't trust, we don't depend on God is we think that we've gone too far. you might feel like you've blown it. And how could God ever love somebody like that if you only knew the things that I've done? You might feel like you're out of reach. And listen to me. No, you're not. No, you're not. The God that I serve, his ears aren't too deaf and his arms aren't too short you are never out of his reach. You are never too far gone. Your story is not already sealed. The only thing that's written and that is sealed is the grace of God that is extended to you every moment and every season. You're not too far gone. And he will always be able to reach you. And so here's what I know. We've got to get ready. We've got to get ready for what's ahead. And it's not going to happen by some sheer luck. It's going to be because we depended on God. It's going to be because we prayed. And it's going to be because we went back to his word and got wisdom that was not of this world. Do you receive that today, church? Amen. 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 Here's what I want you to know. You might be listening to this message, watching this stream and you feel like you're too far gone. I want you to know that God loves you and he has a plan for you. And each one of us have fallen short of God's glory. The Bible calls it sin. And it disconnects us from God. But this is the good thing about our God is he had a plan to reconnect us. He sent his son, Jesus, to live a perfect life here on this earth and then die on the cross for our sins, receiving the penalty of our mistakes and our faults. The beautiful thing is he didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave three days later. And with that, gives us the opportunity to experience life everlasting with him. And if you're listening to me today, I just wanna give you the opportunity to place Jesus in your heart and accept him as your savior. All across this room, And every person listening, I encourage you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you're driving, please uh, don't do that. But I want to pray this prayer with you. And it's not the prayer that saves you. It's not magical. It's you accepting with your heart and and, and believing, confessing with your mouth and accepting with your heart that Jesus is Lord and he offers his forgiveness to you. Pray this with me. Jesus, I need you. I've been living for me. Now I want to live for you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. I accept your gift of salvation. And with your help, I'll follow you all my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, let's put our hands together for those that made that decision today. We're cheering you on. We believe in you. God is for you. Get ready. If you found today's message helpful, feel free to rate, review, or even share it with a friend. I also want to encourage you to think about partnering with us You know, together through your giving. We can take this message around the world and make a difference in the lives of so many people. Thanks again for joining us today. If you would like to partner with us, you can do so by clicking the link in the description, visiting lifepoint.org slash give, or via text messaging on your mobile device. Just text the dollar amount of your gift and keyword LIFEPOINT to 45777. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart.